Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. I'm your host, Heather, and today we're talking about meditation for busy people. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where you'll find the tools to level up your business, your mindset, and your life. Please fasten your seatbelt. My favorite meditation quote says, you should sit in meditation for 20 minutes a day, unless you're too busy, then you should sit for an hour. As somebody who previously would never have described myself as a meditator, and honestly, if I could go back and see where I came from, I've been told to meditate my whole life. Um, it was, I remember I had one person who said meditate or medicate. And I was like, I am up for medicating because I can't meditate. I can't just sit still. It created in me feelings of anxiety and panic. Now I'm somebody who meditates numerous times during the day. I usually accumulate probably about a half an hour of really focused meditation. Sometimes it can be really, really long. I have a day where I'll have an hour and a half of meditation throughout the day. Very rarely do I go through an entire day without having some form of meditation. But the thing about it is I'm not always sitting on my little meditation cushion, you know, in my living room with the sun shining on my face and the sage burning in the background going home. Like that's not necessarily what it is. Often, especially during the whole coronavirus COVID thing, where I've not been necessarily comfortable going out to stores, but I kind of want to go out of the house. I've been doing a lot of meditating. Um, Robbie and I will leave together to go do errands and I will wait in the car. And while he's in running the errand, I will sit in meditation. So one of the other big things that I was like, I can't do this was sitting still for that long. So there's, If you are somebody who says you can't sit still for that long and you're not somebody who has ADHD or ADD, I do not have ADHD. I just have this sense of I need to be doing something all the time. So for me, learning to meditate, learning to sit still for extended periods of time where I'm essentially doing nothing, it was a hard lesson to learn. It was a hard thing to learn how to do. But now that I've been doing it for years, I am so, so happy that I started. But I promise you, I get the feeling of meditation. So for busy people generally, and for me as well, I mean, I'm not unbusy. (laughs) I'm organized, but still all of my time is accounted for, right? So I've worked meditation into other things. Meditation doesn't have to be an hour sitting down on my meditation cushion. It can be when I'm showering. You know those times when you get your best ideas, like you're driving, you're showering, you're doing the dishes, something where your body is moving, but your brain is kind of free? Using those times to intentionally meditate will give your brain the break and you will get all of the benefits that come from meditation, but you won't have to set aside specific time in your day. And it's not really like multitasking because in this case, what I would want you to do 
is go into a, a form of mindfulness meditation. There's all kinds of forms of meditation. That one where you're sitting down and just acknowledging your thoughts and all of that stuff, that's one form. But there's a whole lot of other forms. So there's a mindfulness meditation style that just says you are going to put all your attention on what you're doing right now. So if you're washing the dishes, you can have a sensory experience of mindful meditation. You are going to notice how the water feels on your hands. You will notice how your feet feel standing on the floor. You will notice how your posture is, how your face is set, how the dishes feel, how many times you're rubbing against them, the feeling of all of it. You will be completely immersed in the experience of washing dishes. That level of immersion, that level of mindfulness will give you benefits. The same benefits that you get from just sitting still. But for some people, especially when they're just starting out, the benefits of sitting still don't come very easily because they spend most of the time twitchy. I remember thinking when I first meditated, I always get itchy when I meditate. Always, always, always get itchy. Like my leg is itchy, then my nose is itchy, then my back is itchy. And every two seconds I had to scratch something. (laughs) And it was driving me crazy. And it was my body reacting to not being okay with this. Why are you stopping? What are you doing? And eventually I grew out of that. And now I don't have that anymore. But it took a good year to not get itchy when I was meditating. So when I started doing mindfulness meditations as well, no matter what inane task I'm doing, I don't just let my mind drift and wander and go wherever it wants to go. Because often for me, that does bring about anxiety. I go from, oh, thinking about the color of the sky to thinking about, you know, my fears, my worries, my anxieties, and then, and now I'm on that road. So mindfulness meditation is the very first type. It's kind of the baby steps into the sitting down, you know, mudra, actual form of what we consider to be meditation. Taking a shower, notice every part of your body. Sensory meditation is incredible. It will have you lodged in your body and you will start to understand what your body wants and needs at any given time. It will make you happier. It still lowers your blood pressure. It still lowers your cortisol levels. It does all the things that typical meditation does. But it does it in a way that you don't have to work it into your day. You literally just have to remember to do it because you're already doing the thing. You're already washing the dishes or you're already sweeping the floor or you're already gardening or you're already taking a shower. Whatever it happens to be, do it with every cell in your body focused and you will get the same benefits. Another way you can incorporate meditation in, if you are somebody, this is not, I mean, this is for people who are busy, but most people who are busy still get a little bit of physical activity in their day. At least they take a walk. Walking meditation, there's two major forms of it that that I've researched, that I've tried, and and I kind of like both of them depending on my mood. So walking meditation happens when you literally notice every single thing that goes into taking each step. You feel every bit of your foot and your leg and your hip 
and your core and your back and your arms and your shoulders and your hands and your head. You feel everything. There are two ways to set up walking meditation. One is absolutely fantastic for people who do tend to be more on the ADHD side. It's called sun walking. You take really wide steps and you're focused on the width of your step and you can walk as fast as you want, but you're going to walk in a circular kind of a spiral out from one point. So doing this in a, in a big backyard is ideal. You can do it in a soccer field. If you're comfortable doing that, you can do it in the forest. You don't just have to walk in a straight line. It does kind of look a little bit funny to be doing a sun walk because you are intentionally taking large steps. But if you can be walking on a trail, nobody around you is really going to be, there's, there's not people around you all the time. So you can come in and out of this meditation. You're taking very long steps, but you're again, paying attention to what your mind is doing, what your body is doing during this time. You're using the entire focus of your brain to just observe your body. The opposite of sun walking is moon walking. This pretty much anybody can do if you have a backyard because it doesn't take much room. And this you can do again in a circular kind of spiraling out from one spot or I call this intentional pacing. (laughs) I pace a lot. When I'm on the phone, I have a really hard time sitting still. I have to be walking back and forth, back and forth. And I'm just somebody who tends to pace no matter what. So I took that tendency, that habit, and I brought it outside, bare feet on the grass. Or I can bring it just to a sidewalk anywhere or any trail that I go on. I've done it with snowshoes. I've done it with sneakers. I've done it with bare feet. We live in a four season climate, so I get to do it all the time. Walking on sand. This is lovely. Moonwalking. Your steps are so small. You're taking half a foot. So your feet are side by side. You're going to move your left foot halfway so that your, your right foot is kind of at the arch. And then the next foot is just halfway up, a half a step, a half a step. And you're going to go heel to toe or toe to heel, however is more comfortable for you. And you're going to notice every single flexion, every bit of muscle, and you slow it down. So it will take you 150 steps to cross even a small deck because you're taking such small steps. If you completely lack privacy, do this in your living room. Do this anywhere, walk up and down a hall. Where doesn't matter as much as the intention you're bringing to it. Pay attention, and it is a great break in an office. You can do this even if you have a fairly small office, or right now, if not everybody's back in your office and you're in an empty hallway, Do this up and down your hallway. Five or 10 minutes of mindful moon walking. I know, I know it's not the dance. Get it out of your system. (laughs) Moon walking where you are taking very small half steps. So you're not getting to the end, right? You're not getting to your destination. This is a way of forcing you to be about the journey. When you've taken 10 steps, 20 steps, usually you would have crossed the distance that you, you're trying to aim for right now, and you won't even pass three feet. It's a way to slow yourself 
down. And that is the greatest gift of meditation, allowing yourself to slow down and paying attention to your body, paying very close attention to your body, acknowledging the thoughts that come up, acknowledging them and being aware of them, but not focusing on them, acknowledging them, accepting them and releasing them. All of the wonderful things that happen in meditation when you're sitting down with your eyes closed can happen when you're doing any other thing. It's a matter of intention. So this way you can work five to 10 minutes of meditation into a simple trip to the bathroom. If you're, even if you're at home and it's in the evening and you find yourself very stressed, get up and moonwalk to the bathroom. It doesn't look nearly as cool, but it works. You will take that five minutes to get to the bathroom and then come back. Or if you're going to the kitchen, wherever you're going, you can decide to take that time and move slowly and intentionally and notice every single thing from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet as you're doing it. A third way for the overthinker, the overthinker who simply cannot sit down without giving themselves a panic attack. Been there, totally get it. Totally, totally understand. It can be so hard when you start a thought. Oh yeah, I'm going to make that thought go away. No, it's going to happen. The app Headspace has a couple of really, really good little animations in it. Like there's a lot of guided meditations and they do full meditations with you and they'll teach you step-by-step how to do it. Cannot recommend that app enough. Headspace. It's fantastic. But one of the things that they offer are these little animations in the middle. It's these little like cartoon movies. They're really super cute, but they're also really, really helpful. One of them talks about when you are meditating, you can close your eyes and picture yourself walking slowly up to the top of a mountain. Your life is down below. So you can still Here, it's still like that buzz of sound. You can still hear it, but you're separated from it. You are up above the clouds. You're up above the noise and the traffic and the pollution and the emotion and the to-do lists and all of those things are down there. And you are up here on a mountain and the sun is shining on you. And as thoughts come up, picture them coming up as bubbles. And you say, okay, I've noticed you. You can go back down. I will deal with you in a moment. That one simple little visualization helped me remove some of my overthinking. What I did for the next round when I was like, no, there's some thoughts that are just not going away. So when I did my my visualization, I, in my mind, walked to the top of my mountain. I got comfortable. The sun was on my face. I was feeling good. The balloons popped up. I pictured them being helium balloons tied to that main street of to-do lists and emotions and mess and noise. And I cut strings and they floated away. By having that thought, the having that thing to do with my thoughts, it was able to get me over the overthinking. It got me to move past it, which I had been really struggling to do before that. So for me, visualizations like that have helped. So headspace is one way. If you don't want to go quite that route or that made no sense to you and you cannot picture yourself sitting on top of a mountaintop inside your head at all, you can try a mantra. If 
because a mantra gives your brain something to focus on. It gives your brain words to say over and over again. Different people have different mantras. There's always the base OM if you want to, if you're a traditionalist. I have a little bit of a harder time with that one (laughs) because I find I can still think. So some of mine are... I will sit and think, and sometimes I'll use a mala, which is just, it looks like a necklace. It has 108 beads. And in order to keep my brain on task, if I need my hands doing something and I need my brain thinking something, I will use a mala and count 108 times. I will say, for my highest good and the highest good of all. For my highest good and the highest good of all. The words don't matter as much. It should be something positive. I mean, if you're meditating and you're like, I suck and I'm stupid, well, guess how you're going to feel at the end of it? (laughs) But you don't have to be saying, I am beautiful. I am the best. I'm, if you don't feel it's true, don't go with that one. Some that I really like are for my highest good and the highest good of all. I love that one. All is forgiven. That one helps me a lot. All is well. This is something I will say to my kids when they're just kind of at the end of their ropes and and I just need to bring them back down. We will say all is well and all is well and every last thing will be well. And you just kind of go, okay. And the last one, this is a reminder to me, I forget the how and just allow. If I've been stuck trying to force things, and I'm really frustrating myself because I'm not getting the things done I'm supposed to be getting done and I'm getting really down on myself, I forget the how and just allow. I allow the next thing to happen. Everyone will kind of come up with their own mantras. You can Google them. My goodness, there are a kabillion out there. Good luck choosing one. I've chosen these ones because they seem to make sense with my brain, but it could be almost any. Any mantra that at the end is going to make you feel good and you've just said a positive thing to yourself, it doesn't have to be an affirmation, quote unquote, but you have to have said a positive thing to yourself a hundred times. Or you're just going to say a positive thing to yourself over and over again for five minutes. A few extra hints about meditating, especially when you're busy and especially when you're first starting out, set a timer. Because my goodness, when you've been meditating for 30 seconds, you will be positive that you have been meditating for like an hour and you haven't. So you'll be opening your eyes every two seconds, checking the time. So set a timer and know that that timer is going to stop you when it's time for you to stop. The second one I very much recommend, download an app that has binaural beats It's not really spa music. It's music set to um, certain wavelengths. And whether you understand the science behind it, believe in the science behind it or not, it, again, gives your brain something else to focus on while you're drifting. So it keeps you from going into those overthinking modes. So even if you downloaded, you know, just the white noise, um, sounds of a forest, sounds of a sea, whatever ones really make you happy, any sound that would make you happy, 
drumming, chanting, as long as it doesn't have words for you to then focus on, and as long as it doesn't have memories that you're then going to be walking down, because that kind of takes away from the meditation, having some sounds around is a great idea. Up next, we are going to be talking about how to set up your workspace to succeed, no matter what your workspace looks like right now. If you like what you heard, please let us know. We live on meditation and validation. Hit subscribe, leave us a review, and if you want to get in touch to see how we can help you, you can find us at hala.agency. That's H-A-L-A dot agency and online everywhere as Hala Connected. Until next time, meditate to live on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Now put down your phone and start kicking ass. Thank <laughs> you.